Beginning in verse 1, we're going to skip through this chapter a little bit. Verse 1, it says this, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. And Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life. Turn to your neighbor and say, he ran for his life. And he came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under the juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. And he said... It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. Verse 9. And he came thither, now he's at Mount Horeb, came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous Some translations say zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. Let us pray. God, we come before you. And Lord, we thank you tonight for just simply who you are. I thank you for your word and its anointing. And I ask that you would just anoint this vessel as he brings forth your word tonight. Let us challenge and encourage the the people in this house tonight. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And the church says, amen. You may be seated. I want to preach to you on this title tonight, Cavemen. Cavemen. We see that Elijah is coming off one of the high points of his prophetic career, if you will put it that way. He has just called fire down from heaven and ended a drought. He has slew the false prophets of Baal. He has outrun a chariot even in his older age. I would say that things were going pretty good. But, turn to your neighbor and say, but, the enemy. Jezebel says, listen, I'm going to make you like those prophets you slew by tomorrow this time. And we see this man of God run for his life. Many, many have heard this preached and I'm not bringing anything new to you tonight. But I will tell you this. I want to preach to a generation tonight, if I can. But before I get there, I just want to stop and let's talk about what a caveman really is. Because we find 
that he goes to Mount Horeb, which is Mount Zion. It's the same area, it's the same area where the children of Israel spent their time receiving the Ten Commandments in the wilderness. He goes to that mountain. And he goes into a cave. And in that cave, he's asking the same thing that he was asking under the juniper tree. God, just take me out. I can't take it anymore. I can't do it anymore. He's living in a cave. He's a caveman. Most people may understand that term and you may get an image automatically in your mind what a caveman may look like. Evolutionists would say that cavemen lived 200 to 300,000 years ago. But biblical scholars in recent days have been able to, through DNA, been able to trace their lineage directly back to Noah and his lifetime. I'm not here to preach to you on creation tonight. I could, but I'm not here to do that tonight. But we all get this image of a Neanderthal, a caveman, a big burly brawny man or something like that. But I want you to know in our text tonight, it means there, there, there's, there's, many, there's many similarities I could draw, but it's a different situation because what is going on because of the enemy's attack. Understand this, if you know anything about war or you've read anything about war, you've been in a history class, you'll find that battles are full of frontal assaults and counterattacks. Hear me. Hear me tonight. You attack the enemy, he will counterattack you. And the church said, Amen. Okay, I, I know we talk a lot about this, but I, I want to challenge and encourage you tonight. But I want, to, I want to, to preach specifically to a generation. And when you hear that from a youth pastor, you think I'm going to preach to the young people. I'm not tonight. Hear me. Oh, all the adults just got really worried for a second. I, ain't nothing bad. Ain't nothing bad. I want to encourage you tonight. I will encourage you. I promise you that. But I, I have preached the majority of my ministry to young people. But we're in a day and an hour where I, I, don't, I don't know why I wasn't even studying this scripture, and I come in last night and had, had been reading other places. I, I tried to read in, in the Old Testament and in the New, tried to pick a book and go through it, and that's just how I do things. Not even in this book in the Old Testament, reading through a different book, and the Lord just began to speak to me this thought of a caveman. I was like, okay, I don't know where we're going with this, but understand that. Elijah just comes off this great victory. But all of a sudden, it's as if he, he goes into this mode of retirement, of done. I'm done. God, take me out of here. I'm done. The enemy has threatened my life. He's come against me. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm finished. Uh, uh, God, uh, there's, no one else there's no one else like me. People don't understand me anymore. And, and understand this. People talk about how large the baby boomer generation is. I want you, just for context, uh, just want to, to show you that the millennial generation is three times larger than the baby boomers. That is a huge difference. And we have saints that are going home to be with the Lord. We have saints uh, that, were once, uh, that were once in the youth group, now adults. And adults that were once young adults, now middle-aged adults. And middle-aged adults that are now senior adults. I ain't going to name names. I ain't going to pick on anybody. I'm not Ronnie. I ain't going to say Brother Chris is an older saint. I'm not going to do that. But 
Understand me tonight. We all go through transitions in life. We all go through transitions in life. And I, I, I want you to hear me tonight that the Lord began to speak to me about this man, Elijah. He, he was a seasoned man. He was a man that has seen the power of God move, that he had had great experiences in the Lord. And there's many of you under the sound of my voice tonight that say, I've seen God do amazing things. I've seen God do great things. But, but what begins to happen is there's this quick fading where he, he decides, you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm done. It's, it's, it's the end for me. Uh, the enemy's hot on my trail. Uh, the enemy's after my life. And, and you know what? Let's just, uh, let, let's just be done. I, I've, I've had enough. Uh, I, I'm good. I, I've used my gifts. He tells the Lord. Uh, he says, God, I was jealous for you. I, I was zealous for you. I, I went after you. I, I, I pursued you. I, I worshiped you. I, 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 I loved you. I, I did what you called me to do. Uh, but now I find myself being threatened by the enemy. Uh, and the Lord asked him a simple question. What are you doing here? Why are you here? Why are you in the cave? Hear me. There's a, everybody love me? Everybody love me tonight? Can I just be transparent? I'm going to preach and I'm going to be a pastor. Okay, hear me tonight. I'm not condemning anybody, but I'm telling you, I thank God for your support of these young people. I love that. I thank God for that. But the Lord began to speak to me and say, I love that they support my young people. He said, but where are the ones that will lead my young people? Where are the ones that will lead? You say, oh, well, I had my time. I, I, I did this for 20 years. I did this for five years. I did this for 10 years. I, I, I thank God for your service to the ministry. Believe me, I, I thank God for that. But it's not time to, to isolate yourself and say, you know what? I've, I've done what I can do. I'll just pray and I'll just worship and I'll stay in the background and I won't be in the forefront. Understand this tonight. We don't get Elisha without Elisha. Elijah. Hear me tonight. There was an anointing on Elijah's life to do great and dynamic things. But understand this. If Elijah stays in the cave, Elisha is never anointed. Hear me tonight. I, again, you say, I, I don't, don't beat up on me. I'm not trying to beat up on you. I'm trying to say, you've seen God do things. You've seen God minister in your life. But this is no time to sit on the sidelines and say, I'm good being in the cave. I'll just pray. It'll echo. You'll hear it out there. I'll just stand back from a distance and support them. No, 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 no. Understand. Elisha was working in his father's field. He, he it wasn't even his mind wasn't even on the ministry for all we know but it took a it took an elderly man that said God you know what I'm going to do what you called me to do understand this as you read through this chapter what begins to happen is there that the Lord begins to speak to Elijah and he says you know what Elijah I'm going to pass by you I'm going to begin to pass by understand elders parents grandparents 
aunts and uncles tonight. Hear me, hear me. The Lord is saying that he wants to pass by your way again. And you know what happened? Elijah heard an earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. He saw the fire, but God wasn't in the fire. He heard boisterous wind, but God wasn't in the wind. But he was in a still small voice. He grabbed that mantle. He threw it around his face and he stepped into the glory of God. And what God began to commission him to do, he says it three times in this chapter. He says, I want you to anoint. I want you to anoint. I want you to anoint. I want you to go down to Aram and I want you to anoint a new king. I want you to go down to Jehu in Israel and I want you to anoint a new king. And I want you to go find you Elisha. He's out in his father's field and I want you to anoint him. Understand this is not a time for us to retire. Old Sherman Cook said, it's not a time to retire. It's just a time to refire. It's time to get back up and say, you know what? These young people need me. They need a pat on the back. They need someone down on these altars praying with them. They need someone that'll come out of the cave and say, you know what? I'm praying for you, sister. I'm praying for you, brother. You can do it. They need someone that'll come up and say, you know what, honey? I'll worship with you. I'll shout with you. I'll praise God with you. I'm here for you. That'll text them on a Monday, not just on a Sunday and a Wednesday. And say, you know what? You're on my mind. I'm praying for you. I'm going to war for you. I understand the cave's easy to get comfortable in, but if you get comfortable in a cave, your cave will become a tomb. Your cave will become a tomb. Because what the enemy loves to do, he wants to isolate the people of God. Why do you think it's so important that we come to church? You've heard me say it before. I'll say it again. I'll say it to the day I die. That this house of God, every time the doors are open, we should be here. I thank God for your faithfulness. And understand, I, I, I get things go on. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. We go on vacation and things like this. But when I look on the news and I read headlines, I'm telling you, I begin to think of what they said in Hebrews. As you see the day approaching even more, assemble yourselves together. More so, more so. I want you to know, I thank God that he's anointed me to preach the gospel. But understand this, I need you. I need your prayers. I need you to worship with me. I, I, I can't do this on my own. I need my wife to worship with me. I need my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my, my father, my brother, my grandma. I need, their, their, I need that. I need that community. But if we're in caves, if we're in isolation, all we're doing is making noise and nobody's hearing us. Nobody's feeling the impact. Nobody's seeing the anointing. Nobody's getting anointed and nobody has a mantle on their life. You say, oh, but I, I'm just, I'm not a preacher. I'm not this, I'm not that. Understand this, we're all anointed to do something and there is an anointing on your life uh, that your children, your grandchildren, your nieces and your nephews, uh, even if you don't, if you're not related to them, them little, them little kids in Debbie's class, uh, whether they're in the grade school, Sunday school rooms, uh, whether they're in middle school or high school, uh, whether they're a young adult, uh, they need someone like you uh, that'll say, I may not have much, uh, but little is much when God is in it. Uh, 
And honey, I pray for you. I cast an anointing on you. I believe God's gonna do great and mighty things in your life. I know it's Wednesday, but hear this overweight preacher today. I want you to know that there's still an anointing on your life. Don't run. Don't be afraid. He was sitting there, Elijah. I'm so afraid. I can't move. I can't do this. What if? What if? What if? Understand this. We cannot live. And what if I step out and it doesn't work the way I thought it did or I thought it would? God, what if I do this and I embarrass myself? Honey, do it unto God. He will meet you there. He will direct you there. And if you're living by this word, his word does not return void unto him. Open up your mouth. Take off your garment and say, you know what? There's an anointing for you. Anoint, anoint, anoint a generation with your prayers. Anoint, anoint, anoint a generation with your praise and your worship. Anoint, anoint, anoint them with intercession. Understand me today. This generation needs revival, but we can't do it separated. We've got to come together. Don't be a cave, don't be a caveman, cave woman. There is no Elisha unless Elijah gets a hold of himself. He says, God, I'll do what you're calling me to do. I'll do it again. There are things that you used to do in the house of God. God says, you're going to do it again. There's things you've tried to put on the back burner. God said, you're going to do it again. I, 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 again, I thank God that you support these young people. I thank God for that. I, I praise God for that. But are we leading young people? I have to ask myself, oh, you're a youth pastor. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean it's automatic. We, we got a, a totally new generation now. I'm not, I'm not as cool as I used to be. I'm a little older now. But God has still called me. And if he's still called me, he's still calling you to anoint. To anoint. Three times he said, Elijah, I want you to anoint. I want you to anoint. I want you to anoint. You're not anointing if you're being a caveman. Come to the music tonight. There's so much that goes on in our lives. So much. And there are many days, Sarah, that the, the bad just outweighs the good. There's many days like that. News flash for you. That's called life. I ain't lived it too long. 29 years on this earth, but it's life. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. Sometimes I feel like it rains on the unjust and pours on the just. Be honest with you, some days I feel like that. Because I used to sing that song, I know the master of the wind. 
Because even if it's pouring in my life, I'm still in Jesus' boat. And he's the one that can say, peace, be still. Peace, be still. Elijah was a great man of God, but Elisha did double the miracles. And all the parents in this house, I think you could agree. You, you, we, we say it all the time. I'm already saying it as a young parent. I want, I want my children to do more than me. I want them to go further. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. But you know what? I want them little girls back there to do exceedingly, abundantly. I want God to work in them in the exceedingly, in the abundantly, above whatever they can ask or think. Be transparent with you tonight. When I pray over my children, me and Sierra, when we pray over our children, I don't pray for their career. We don't. We don't pray for their career. We've never prayed for their career. We never prayed that they would get scholarships. Hey, those things are great. I'm not saying they're bad. But what we continually pray over our daughters is God, I want them to be spiritually healthy, spiritually strong. I want them to love your word. I want them to love your church. I want them to love spending time with you. Over and over again. Doesn't matter if Cher's praying or I'm praying. They hear it over and over. Ava could probably tell you every word we say in prayer. Because every night, it's God, we want them to be spiritually healthy, spiritually strong. I want them to love your word. And, and they think it's just nighttime prayer. But what's going on there, Sister Mary, is we're anointing. We're anointing. See, Addie knows. She's getting it. She's back here clapping for me. She's getting anointed by her mother and her father's prayers, by her grandmother and her grandfather's prayers, her, her aunts and her uncles. She's getting anointed. But hear me tonight. We've got to come out of the cave. You say, preacher, I don't know what to do. I don't. You, if you got to pray and fast and seek and say, God, you give me direction. Listen, do it. I don't. I can't tell you what it is. I, I can't tell you what it is. But it's important that you not only support but you lead. Something's been kind of, I haven't really gave voice to it at home or anything, but something's been rolling around in my mind with something that happened about a year ago. I was in this sanctuary and I was praying. I think, I think TJ and maybe Jaden Murray, some of the young men were here and we were praying. In the middle of praying, I just felt this urge. It was... It was later in the night. 
right before bedtime, about 8.45, we concluded praying and I called Sierra and I said, I need, I need to go see Mamo. I said, I don't know why other than I need to go see Mamo. The Lord's telling me I need to go see her. She's about 45 minutes away. She's probably watching right now. She's probably mad at me because I'm talking about her. driving over there and the spirit of the Lord you know how it is it's, it's like the song Jesus take the wheel you don't know how you got there but you got there just one of them moments I was just enjoying the presence of the Lord the Lord was speaking to me on the way over there I come into her house it's by this time it was a 45 minute drive it's about 9.30 she opens the door she's got her curlers in Mamma, forgive me. She said, what are you doing, honey? It's later. Did you get called out to work? Did, what's going on? You know, everything okay? The girl's okay? I said, everything's fine. She said, okay. And I said, I, I just come from prayer meeting. And immediately she said, what does the Lord have to say? What does the Lord have to say? I begin to weep. I said, Ma'am, I just want you to pray for me. I just want you to pray for me. She said, Absolutely. I said, Because, Ma'am, you've seen things that I want to see. You've experienced things in God that I want to experience. I just want you to lay your hands on me and pray for me. She said, honey, there's so much more for you. I felt like a little, little toddler. Got on my knees. Put my head in her lap. She just held my head. She began to pray. We both just cried and we wept. We cried and we wept, and the Holy Spirit was just speaking through her. She has no idea how much that meant to me because she was anointing me. She was anointing me. The whole time, when I I felt like I needed to go there, I thought I was going to pray for her. But as I got closer and closer, I wanted her to lay hands on me. Hear me, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles. You may think they don't want it. Can I tell you? At the time I was 28 years old, I wanted it. I wanted to be wrapped in her arms and feel the anointing of God on her life flowing through her. Trust me, your children, 
grandchildren, the children of this house. That hug in the foyer, that smile as you walk through the door, them getting up from the altars and seeing that that hand that was on them was you. You think you just, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. No, 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 no. Don't look at it anyway. Don't look at it that way anymore. Anoint them. Anoint them. Because Elijah wanted to become a caveman. But that's not who he was. He was a prophet. Hear me, men and women of God. You're not cavemen. You're not cavewomen. You're prophets. You're preachers. You're prophetesses. You're uh, intercessors. You're teachers. Don't isolate yourself just because the enemy has got you so convinced that your time has passed. It's a lie. Your time is now. Your time is now. Because there's Elisha's that need the anointing. There's Jehu's that need the anointing. You're going to anoint kings and priests, sons and daughters. And I'm telling you, I'm not only challenging you, but I'm telling you, you can, you can, you can. Mom, dad, don't think that your children aren't hearing you. They're hearing you. They can play it off all they want to, but they're hearing you. Speak life over them. Stand with me tonight. I don't forget where I started tonight. You say, why did you talk about cavemen and Neanderthals and evolutionists and Noah and all this stuff? Evolution believes one thing. Creation and the Word of God speaks another. But here's what they both agree on. That in this day and age, cavemen are extinct. So let me speak to you spiritually. Cavemen and women of God need to become extinct again. We need to stand up and you can say, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I taught, I taught, I taught, I, 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 I interceded and I interceded and I, I, I preached and I did this and I did that. It wasn't for nothing. And do it again. Because Elijah in that cave came a point. It wasn't in the earthquake, wasn't in the fire, wasn't in the, the boisterous wind. He put that mantle around his face and he began to step out of that cave and there was the glory of God. God said, I'm going to pass by your way. On Wednesday night, 
I know there's not many people here and that don't matter. But I want to tell you parents, from a youth pastor, I want to tell you grandparents, aunts and uncles, come out of the cave, declare the word of God over yourself and over your children. And let's experience the glory of God together. Let's experience the glory of God together. So I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask you to stay where you are. I'm going to ask these young people. i got a few in the house tonight. If you're next to a parent, grandparent, just put your hand on their shoulder. If you're not, Marie, find somebody. I know Maddie's playing. But I want you to find a parent, a grandparent, an elder. Kayla, if you could just put your, your hand on your mom. I want you to pray for them. I'm going to lead you and I want us to pray for our parents, our grandparents, spiritual mothers and fathers. Believe me, that's still a thing. We need them. Listen, my mother went on to be with the Lord, but God gave me Gloria. I thank God for that. God gave me my Aunt Kim and my Mamma. I thank God for that. Don't tell me there's not spiritual mothers and fathers. But right now in the name of Jesus... God, I pray for the elders, the middle-aged, and just the parents of this house, the aunts and uncles of this house, grandfathers and grandmothers and mothers and fathers. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that in this moment that your glory would begin to pass by just as it did Elijah. Let them not be confound by or, or, or bound by their fear. Let them not be ashamed of maybe things done in past lives. God, let, let them let, let all apprehension just dissipate right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, begin to show them your glory. Begin to show them who you are again. And God, let them hear the words of Paul as an old man speaking to a young man saying God has not given you a spirit of fear but that of a power and of love and of sound mind God I intercede right now for this generation these Elijah's father and God I speak strength into their spirit strength into their bodies and God, I ask right now that, that there is no darkness that can quench the light that you're producing in their life right now. And Lord, I ask that you walk with them every step of the way. It's, it's easy, Father, to get comfortable in the cave. But, but Lord, they're no longer cavemen and women. But God, they're prophets, they're preachers, they're teachers. Lord God, they're intercessors. Let them realize that we need them, Jesus. We need them. Lord, I speak blessings over their lives. Over their physical bodies, I speak health. And 
Lord, I ask that you even now begin to beckon and begin to lead and guide their lives into what you have for them. And Lord, let them support, but let them lead in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, cavemen and women are extinct. Everybody, Pastor Ron coming to you again. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that the word was a blessing to you. And today, before we say goodbye, I just want to encourage you. If you have not yet put your faith and trust in the Lord, that this would be a time that you would do so. I'd also say to you, if you're going through a very difficult or trying season, know this, God is faithful. He loves you. We love you. And we just say to you today, that he is still able to do exceedingly abundantly what we could ever ask or think. So I speak blessings over you and your family. Thank you for joining us today.